0: I'm really glad that I'm doing this sermon today because it's how we're supposed to encourage each other and lift each other up in love. Um, our church has, has had some dramatic transformation even over the course of the last month. And I wanted to take some time this morning to go back and, and look at one of the original vision plans that, that we had for, for our congregation. Um, we developed it about four and a half years ago. And one of the things that we wanted to be very clear on was what was our purpose? What are we doing here? And what do we want people to, to get out of our time together? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let me pray for us, and we will study the word. Gracious God, we thank you, as always, for this good opportunity. Help us to do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, congratulations. You are here. You have finally arrived. It is the big show, the big dance, the big something, and you get to be a part of it. You were picked, you were chosen, you were wanted, and now here you are. Confused? A little bit. Kind of feel like one of those, those contests where the unsuspecting customer stands in line and, and then they become that millionth customer and everybody yells and screams and the confetti comes down and they have no idea what's going on. It's really hard to get excited about something if you have no idea what is happening around you. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the people of Ephesus to explain to them what exactly it is that they have signed up for. What did they get themselves into when they decided to become followers of Jesus? Paul writes, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That's awesome, but what are we called to? Well, we talked about that last week. We have been called to be disciples of Jesus, followers of Christ. And the one who picked us, the one who called us out, is none other than Jesus himself. And Jesus said last week that he was going to lay down the ground rules. He wants to be priority number one. So if we're going to answer that call, all of us together, then we all have to be all in. And we need to do that with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Everything in that previous sentence is a reflection of the way that Jesus did ministry. It's how he engaged people, how he taught them to follow him. Followers of Jesus, followers of Of the way of Jesus, have to do things completely countercultural to the way that the rest of the world does them because that's how Jesus did it. He did it with humility, with patience, with love. A few weeks ago, I was asked to be a parent volunteer for School Picture Day. Do you remember School Picture Day? right? It's a really big deal. Not so much when you're little, but when you get older, it becomes a big deal. And um, I, I was totally fine with that. I wanted to be at my son's school, and, and I figured that my job was just going to be taking the money and checking to make sure that everybody's stuff matched. But instead, when I got there, the, the administrator that, that runs the school pictures asked me if I would work with the photographer to prep the kids for their pictures. Four straight hours of kid after kid from VPK, real little, all the way up to fifth grade. I never want to be a teacher. Never. (laughs) So as each child came through the line, I made it a point to ask them something funny, something like, so what do you do for a living? or give them a word of encouragement about their day. And at most, I got to spend about two minutes with every child. Then when the photographer was ready, I'd say something like, oh, this is Sally. When she grows up, she wants to be a Disney princess, preferably Pocahontas. And the photographer would laugh, and the child would laugh, and then they'd take a great picture. And about an hour into it, the photographer says to me, she says, you're really good at this. You must be a teacher. And... (laughs) And I said, no, not not a teacher. And we were on to the next child. Well, the day went on with these discussions about Minecraft, baseball, and movies, and favorite teachers, and the grossest things moms pack in school lunches. And all along, the photographer and now the other parent volunteers are watching me to see what I'm going to say to the next child in line. Finally, after about three hours, there was a short little break. So the photographers and the parent volunteers are all sitting there in the library, and that's when the bomb dropped. Because one of the parents said to me, so Hope, how are things going at the church? And the photographer, probably louder than she wanted to be, cries out, the church, church, you couldn't possibly work at a church. What do you even do there? (laughs) And before I could answer, another parent chimes in and says, well, Hope's a pastor. And that was it. This poor woman spit water all over the table. (laughs) Not another word was said. If you want to end a conversation, you just tell somebody you're a pastor. Conversation over the next wave of students come in and I went right back to asking about Skylanders and football and Girl Scouts and favorite subjects but when it was all over and everything got packed up the photographer came over to me and she said to me so um, does, your, does your church does your, does your church take people like me and I didn't know what she meant by that, so I said, you mean sinners? Oh, yeah, we're full of them. <laughs> and she started to tear up. Now, you know, you know that she had a backstory. She wouldn't have been asking unless there was a backstory, And she must have been carrying a lot of stuff that day, much more than just her photography equipment. But that makes her just like every one of us. What good would it have done her if I had just announced at the outset that I was a pastor and and a follower of Christ? That might have brought about all kinds of assumptions and judgments, and that would have created some walls that would have never allowed us a space to have a conversation. So instead, what she saw was she saw me comb hair and straighten shirts and make kids smile and encourage them and treat them like they matter because they do And somehow, somehow in all that, she figured that maybe, maybe she could be treated the same way. We have to remember always that Jesus lived his life with humility and gentleness. For us as a church, particularly as a church who values what we do outside of these walls, we need to make sure that humility and gentleness is a trademark Of everything that we do and how we interact with the world. If by announcing our greatness, either corporately or individually, is going to put up a wall that's going to hinder anyone from coming to the grace and love of Jesus that we have received, then we need to be doing our life and ministry differently. It can never, ever, ever be about us. And so we have to be patient about that. We have to be patient with each other. Because not everybody gets it at the same time. Not everybody understands generosity or servant leadership or or even how to pray. Can you imagine what it might have looked like if Jesus' patience ran out on us? Even though we're all in different places when it comes to our journey with Christ, we have to remember that there is one body. There is one spirit, just as we were called to the one hope of our calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. That is so important to this church. So, so, so important to this church. Let me tell you why. We are an incredibly, incredibly unique congregation. We are the only church in this town that offers three entirely different types of services and the problem with that is that sometimes we run the risk of creating a little bit of, of interchurch jealousy well that service got and this service did and how come this service has this friends don't do that don't ever let us go in that direction because if we do we're going to get distracted Because the purpose of all three of the services is exactly the same. To love God, enjoy him forever, and equip his believers to get out there and share that good news. Don't ever let the devil distract us from what we're supposed to be doing. We may be three services, but we are one congregation. And what that means for us individually is that whether you've been a follower of Jesus for decades or if you're just going to join us on the journey today, which is what's going to happen in the next service, Adrian is going to be baptized. We are still all called and all set apart under the authority of God. Think of it a little bit like a track meet. All of us, every one of us in this service and in the other two services, we're all out there on the track. There are no spectators. We're not coaches. We're not judges. All of us are runners. And we might be in different heats for a little while, but once we start, all of us are going to be on the same track, even if we're going at different speeds. And all of us run a little bit differently. Some of us are sprinters, and some are are relay runners, and some of us might even give it a try with the pole vault. But at the end of the day, it all comes together in one. And the fruit of all of those efforts becomes one collective victory. This is going to be true for us as the body of Christ. One of the most common things that I hear in this church, mostly coming out of this service, and repeatedly over the last two years, is hope this this whole church thing is new to me. I don't have a lot of experience with prayer or, or studying the Bible. I don't get tithing yet, but I'm just trying to learn and figure it out. And each person who says that to me thinks that that they're the only one who has those feelings. But they're not. If every person in this room had the same gifts as as Pastor Reed does for compassion and prayer, or as Pastor Sung does for worship leadership and teaching, or as as I do for uh, preaching, then we'd be in a world of hurt because we'd all be doing the same thing. Instead, we have to have somebody who knows how to care for our buildings and grounds. Somebody has to know how to pay our bills. Somebody has to know how to cook. Somebody has to know how to sing. Somebody has to have a gift for intercessory prayer. Somebody has to have a heart for our mission partners. Somebody has to have the gift of noticing all those little things That us big picture folks can't see. We need each other. We need each other. That's why God gave us church. And in his wisdom, he makes his church out of a mess of people. Who are all trying to figure it out together. There's no lone rangers in ministry. Each of us was given a grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So when God gave out the gifts, he gave them differently. Some were apostles and prophets, some were evangelists, some were pastors and teachers. And everybody, everybody is out there to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. All of us, until we reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, All of us, until we get to a maturity, until we get to the full stature of Christ, we need each other. If you're here, we need you to be here. Because none of us develops into any kind of maturity if we're left to raise ourselves alone. None of us, the last that I checked, had been appointed as the new Messiah, the new Savior of the world. So it turns out that we're all a little bit imperfect, but maybe my imperfection is your strength, and maybe your flaw is another's gift. We'll never know unless all of us work together in a unified spirit towards one common goal, and that goal is very clear. Jesus laid it out last week. It is to follow him, to glorify God, enjoy him forever. Paul goes on to talk about how we should no longer be children tossed about to and fro, blown by the wind of every doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and their scheming. There's a reason, there's a reason why our church does things a little bit differently, why we don't just hook on to whatever fad is is going around. We do it differently Because our goal has never changed. Our goal is always going to be to encourage one another, to grow in Christ, to know him better, to glorify him, and to take that out in the world. And we do that by speaking the truth in love. That's how we're going to grow up together. We do that so that every ligament is equipped, that each part is working properly, so that the body grows and builds itself in love. As a church, make no mistake about it, we are called to grow. That's what we're called to do, because if we're not growing, we're dying. And over the course of this last year, our church has grown exponentially. It would be so easy in the midst of all these new people and new faces and new ministry for us to lose focus. So I don't want us to do that. I want us to remember that no matter how big we get, No matter how many people are around this place, we need each other. We need every single one. Because we're really all called to be on the same journey. And all of us started from a place that came with a story. So everybody that's got a story gets to come in to this place, regardless of how that story is going. Don't ever get so far removed from your story that you forget the grace That first brought you into a relationship with Jesus. Love each other enough to speak the truth in a way that encourages everyone to move towards Christ. Every church that you will ever enter, whether it's here in Bradenton, in the United States, or anywhere around the world, every church that you will ever enter will claim always to be a friendly church. Whether they are or they are not is irrelevant. They will claim to be a friendly church. Well, I don't want people to go away from here thinking, oh gosh, they're just a friendly church. No, we want them to be encouraged. And we want to be encouraged by them. We need each other for the good of everybody, and especially the body of Christ. When the mission team goes to Belize in February, I'm so glad they're taking Pastor Sung. I'm so glad because Sung is an encourager. He really is. He can lead Bible study and he can pray and he can entertain the kids in the village. But I sure hope, I sure hope that we're sending Neil and Rob with him. Because, because if it's up to Sung to build latrines for the village, those folks are in real trouble. And I say this based on the ongoing two-year renovation of the bathroom at my own home. I think Neil has probably built two complete homes in the same amount of time. And I sure hope that David and Paul stay here to lead the worship team, lest everyone suffer when Pastor Reed and I have to lead the music. And I'm praying that between all of us, we can find the funds not only to send a team to Belize, but to also strengthen our ministry right here in this place. None of the things that we all agree that we're called to do as we follow the Lord can be done in a vacuum. We're going to need everybody moving in the same direction. We're growing. This church is growing. We're growing larger. We're growing stronger. We're growing deeper. And all this growth as it's going on, Don't ever, don't ever let us get distracted from our original call to love the Lord, to serve him, to enjoy him forever. We can do that. We can do that as we grow larger, as we grow stronger, as we grow deeper. If, if we grow together in humility and encouragement, in patience and in love. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for this place. We thank you for every person that comes in here. We thank you for their story, for the things that shaped and molded them into who they are. We thank you that you give us a place where we can drop all of our baggage, where we can be loved and wanted and encouraged. And we pray, Lord, that that as more and more folks come into this fellowship, that we will never forget that grace that first brought us to you, that we can continually demonstrate it to all who enter in here, and that as we go about doing ministry, we find a way in each and every component of that ministry to see where it is that our special gift might make a difference. In your name we pray. Amen.